The following presentation is a production of Ride the Wave Media. Hi, this is Courtney Pearl with Practically Magic. I'm a pagan witch, card reader, healer, spiritualist, Celtic priestess, teacher, artist, and mystic seeker. I've discovered true magic and wish to share it with you. Today we have a special guest. We have Cambria Davis, who is an astrologer and is going to talk to us a little bit about the magic of the cosmos. I'm so excited to have you here, Cambria. Thank you for having me. And to start our episode, we always start out with pulling a card. So Cambria is going to give us kind of the astrology come from with this. But today I'm using my magical Nordic tarot deck. And I'm pulling a card for this episode either for something we need to know or something that you, listener, needs to know at the time that you're listening to this episode. The card that I have pulled today is number two, the High Priestess. And the word on this card is empowerment, which is fantastic because we have like a High Priestess here today to talk to us about what she's an expert in. And so this card goes so perfectly in line with what we're going to today. And just to describe a little bit about what this card looks like, there is the high priestess in her long flowing red hair. She has a table in front of her with a crystal ball and crystals. And on either side of the table, there are two cats, a black cat and a white cat. And I often take the feline symbology in a card to mean something along the lines of like a midwife. So if cats were seen as kind of the midwives in the old Egyptian ancient healing practices, they were brought in when a woman was giving birth because they purr when they give birth. So I like to see cats as like they're kind of on either side of us. And one cat is white and one cat is black. So it's very symbolic of the dark and the light and both being the midwives that birth us into our next transition of life. And there's also a sword and a bird of prey, like a falcon or a hawk, is sitting on her shoulder. I take this to mean kind of like the sovereignty goddesses of mythology. The ones like the Lady of the Lake who gives Excalibur to King Arthur, where they are sort of imbuing the king with the powers of having the sovereignty, like he has been tested and proven worthy. So I think this is a very positive card for us today. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you talked about giving birth, which would be linked to motherhood. And the high priestess is often in astrology linked to the moon, which is ruled by cancer, which is motherhood. Cancer is mother energy. So, yes, I remember you telling me that. And both of my twin boys are cancer as their sun sign. And I have now completely changed the way I talk to them. Now, if I want them to do anything for me, I'll say, oh, you need to do this to take care of the other one. And it totally works. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So high priestess is often linked to usually like water energy, but more often the moon and yeah, cancer, which is, it's not like mom, you know, like in the traditional thing, it's just the energetic of mother, the caretaker, the nurturer, the home the emotional needs of an individual. So that's cool. Love that. Yeah. Oh, it totally works. I'll just tell them when they're going to bed, I'll be like, you have to be so quiet because the other one needs to go to sleep. 
And then I'll secretly tell that to the other twin and they both want to take care of each other. So it totally works out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that you are doing that for them. Yeah. Well, I have Cambria here today because I know a lot in the healing world and the energy world on a lot of different things that I study and do. But one thing I am totally overwhelmed with is astrology. It's not something that I have spent a lot of time on because every time I do, I'm just like, planets, degrees, constellations, zodiac signs. It's so much. So I love to just put that up to the experts that know far more than me and spend their time studying these things. But I firmly believe in it. I totally know and understand that the cosmos are influencing us, especially the moon. I'm I'm very aware of how the moon affects us. And so I'm glad you're here to kind of talk us through this. And I can just... Give it up to you for knowing all this. And I would like you to kind of walk us through. So you have Kaya Community, which is yeah. your what you've started, you've created. And it stands for Come As You Are, but with a K because you're K for Cambria. Yeah. <laughs> and I want you to tell me a little bit about how you came to create that community. Yeah. So I would say almost nearly eight years ago, I started kind of on my own personal healing journey and awakening journey with no intentions of being an astrologer or I was in the middle of a coffee date with some friends and another real estate agent and another financial gal to do a class for real estate. And I kind of, I would explain it as like dozed off or like kind of fell asleep, but didn't. And I just kind of had this total like download, people would call it and just kind of saw like this room of women healing and getting together and holding space for each other. And I was like, what? So I shared this with a few people and they're like, well, you should do that. You should hold an event. And I was like, what do you mean? So then I, one thing led to another, I just put it out there. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna hold this women's healing event. I don't totally know. At this point in time, I had done Reiki one and two, and I had gotten my master Reiki and I had been starting to live in the energetics and crystals, but I didn't totally, I wasn't, I hadn't studied a lot of Kundalini yet or a little bit of astrology, not a ton yet, but I was just getting into it. And then I held this event and it was just so powerful. Leading up to the event, I was like, well, what am I going to call it? Like a women's day. And I just, I really struggled, right? Again, this was not something that I went out and searched for. I just had this kind of brief little nap, vision, download, whatever people want to call it, this intuitive hit, right? And I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like it was knocking at me. I tried to put it away and it knocked at me. And I kept trying to figure out what do I call it? What do I name it? And nothing really came. And I was starting to get really frustrated. I remember one night I was like, okay, I just took a bath. Kids were asleep. And I was like, I'm just going to let it go. Like, I'll just keep saying, come to this event and hopes that people will come. And I heard a song, my brother, who's also an astrologer, had sent to me and it said something about come as you are. And just, and I've heard that saying so many times in my life, but it just hit different. And then I was like, come as you are, because I wanted this event to be for everyone. People who know astrology Mm -hmm. and energetics, people who have never been introduced, people who know nothing about crystals, but are looking for a safe place to connect with something larger. So I just was like, okay, Kaya right? And I put a K because I put a K at most C words because of Cambria being spelled with a K and spelled a K-A-Y-A. And then I Googled what Kaya was and come to find out Kaya or some version of it in so many different languages across the 
world mean very similar things that I was like feeling in my heart. So sisterhood or wisdom or the passing down of wisdom or love. And that's just what I want people to feel when they come to Kaya. I knew what it felt like being in my mid thirties, not knowing what energy work was, astrology, anything, and like kind of stepping into that world, but being curious and wanting to step in and be accepted and wanting to learn more. But also, you know, it's kind of scary when we're programmed and conditioned with a lot of different things. So from then on, from that first Kaya event, it's just, you know, evolved and I do women's retreats and I hold astrology nights and I do birth chart readings and it's just a community for people to come as you are, any level <laughs> right, of knowledge or experience or beliefs and come into community and just find healing and community and love and support and showing up totally congruent for who we are, you know? Absolutely. And that is, I feel like when you talk about your journey and when you created this, I feel like it's me at some point in the future <laughs> or my hopes for the future is there's definitely a need for those spaces, like to have that sisterhood, to have that you're accepted wherever you are in your journey, wherever you are coming into your own authenticity. Like yeah. we leave all judgment at the door. We don't come with our preconceived biases we just come and embrace each other and all of our different gifts and all of our different you know everybody has different desires some people come to kaya to just see their friends and some people come because they're looking for really deep personal transformation and some come to learn about astrology and apply it and some just come to say what's up <laughs> you know so it's all across <laughs> the board and i think we need that more than ever really Absolutely. I'm so glad that you are doing this work. And I'm glad for everybody that is doing that work. Like we, we all need those communities. And whether they're small communities or like they go virtually out into the world, we're all seeking it. I started my journey looking, there was a group called Kara Circles and Kara Celtic is like friend, but it's spelled. Yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just meant like, this is your kin. These are your people, like come and be embraced by them. Cambria and I met at a business networking luncheon and this business networking group in our local community. The focus is to create community and support yeah. each other. I'm just happy to be involved in it. I'm not sure where it's going for me or what that's going to look like for all of us, but I'm here for it. Yeah. And it's like the coolest, chillest networking group ever with like really genuine people. So I'm grateful yeah. for that. We have met you there. Yes. Okay. And then we're going to get into some questions that I have for Cambria. I was thinking about coming into astrology and what I wanted to share with people about it. So I want Cambria to share a little bit about how learning astrology, because she mentioned she wasn't always into that stuff. She came into it. But now, having learned about it, how has it affected your life either personally or professionally? Like the difference between not having it in your life at all and then coming into it now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely say it's probably the single-handedly biggest tool in my life that I've ever accounted in 40 years of life on this planet. You know, I had heard of astrology and I'm a Leo, so shout out to the Leos. Leo Moon, I know you are. And so my whole life, people were like, of course you're a Leo. Kind of probably how now I talk to people, they're probably feeling the same way. And I'm like, what does that mean? And that's not real. And I also had the same experience. I'm like, you can't box me in. Like, I'm more than that. But then that same year, I had left a corporate America job of over a decade 
and really my whole life, kind of everything just got tossed up. And within that first year that I started doing energy work and having Reiki sessions and then taking Reiki and meditating for the first time ever in walked astrology through the voice of my brother, who's an astrologer as well. And he had always said things to me over the years. Things will show up when they're meant to show up and when we're ready for them. At that point, I was totally ready. The first couple, two, three years that he had been studying astrology or been in that realm, it didn't land for me. Um, I was going through a really interesting personal, total life-death life cycle. And he just came and kind of called me up out of the blue and read my birth chart a little bit. He was saying things that even though he was my brother, were current things I was going through that I hadn't really expressed or even known how to express to myself, let alone my family. So that's how astrology made it in. And then I started diving into it and it is overwhelming. I just want to remind people, it is overwhelming even for me. And I mean, I've been in this realm for seven years. I've been studying astrology and I want to remind people it's not a belief system. It's a language, right? And so it's a language of the stars. And a lot of people are like, oh, you believe in astrology? But no, it's just a language. I just happen to study the language and involve myself. So yeah, you asked, how has it affected me personally? I am a far better person, mom, dog mom, partner, business partner, friend than I ever have been before because I do apply astrology to those relationships. And more importantly, it has helped me understand myself so much, my own birth chart, my own strengths and weaknesses and my own cycles and transitions that I can understand how and why I might do things and I can show compassion and empathy, but then I also have a really nice check, right? Like, oh, you're, I have a lot of fixed energy in my chart. So, oh, you might be being a little too rigid right there. Mm. So learning more about myself and how I'm built, right? In astrology, it's like, hey, you chose your birth time or you knew. And so it's th this birth chart for this lifetime for me, these are the things I chose to have or to live with. And it helps me if I can understand myself better, I can show up better, right? Yes. And then I yeah. can understand others better. It gives me like a little bit of a glimpse into maybe like why my daughter does something one way and my son does something totally different, right? They're not my biological children, but they are biological siblings and very close in age and I can see some of the differences. So that's a big part of how it's affected me personally. And then professionally, huge, 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 coming from somebody, again, who has done nothing but corporate sales, high level of corporate management. So professionally, it has totally impacted my life because I use astrology to run my businesses because wow. I have multiple businesses. And that, it is easily the most untapped tool. This is where, for me, merging corporate America, merging this like hustle grind life with the patterns and the cycles of the cosmos has been massive for my own success. Yeah. And that's what I'd love to see more of. I'm going to do a whole episode on just like, how can we move into this new feminine awakening into an age where we're combining these things to be able to move through what we don't understand. And yeah. 
I always say my listeners will know this phrase. If they listen to me regularly, they'll know it by heart. But I always say healing is just being witnessing yourself. It's being able to be more mindful about who you are, where you stand. And I feel like astrology is just this whole huge pool to be able to go, oh, this is more about me yeah. that I didn't know before. Totally. Yeah. And that's where birth chart reading comes in, right? Not just plugging birth chart readings, but I have watched as, I mean, that's how I got into astrology. But even if it's, even if astrology is not something people really want to dive heavily into, that's cool. Using it to understand ourselves and who we are. And I use it when I do birth chart readings, the goal is to help you come back to your soul's essence, the true nature of your soul because we live a whole life and a lot of stuff gets put on us and stuck on us and we build walls and we put on our armor and the astrology part is like, oh yeah, oh right, so you have a Leo moon, oh the youthful, playful, exciting pieces of me, right? These are things that are so important, these are who I am, not things that I'd want to be, they're who I am and so getting back to that is the biggest impact that I see people have once they kind of have astrology, you know? Absolutely. Good. And and one question I was excited to ask you, because in the healing world, that the clients that I see, and I do both Reiki and I have um, emotional processing clients. We go through a, like an hour and a half process session. What I've noticed over the last couple of years of doing this work is that I will have clients that come in and do, whether they're doing Reiki or emotional processing, They'll seem to be working on the same things all at the same time. This is yeah. why I can't deny astrology is not part of the influence in all of that. Because I'll have like a period of time where let's say everybody seems to be dealing with or working on shame all at the same time. I've even done like my Instagram live videos based on that because I'll say I've had a lot of clients working on shame right now and I just want to talk about shame for a little bit so everybody who might be dealing with that can all hear about it at once. So maybe yeah. you can tell me a little bit more about how astrology plays into that. Totally. Well, if I can insert my moon example here, because I really love this for people who are like, uh, I don't believe in it or astrology is not real or whatever. Right. So, cause it will also tie into why a lot of the things in the, the cosmos and the sky affect us all at the same time. So when people say astrology is not real, it's a crock of, you know what, I don't believe in it. That's cool that I just go right to this, right? So I ask your followers, listeners, anyone listening, do you know that there's a moon? Do you believe that the moon exists? Can you see it with your eyes, right? Most people are like, of course the moon exists. The next question we have is, does the moon affect the tides, right? Yes. Well, what are the tides made of? Water. Cool. So the moon up there affects the tides of the ocean down here, which is water. So if the moon affects the tides of water down here. And as human beings, we are made up of 70% water, right? So if we're made up of 70% water, <laughs> the moon is also affecting us, which anybody who teaches school, anybody who works in a psych ward, anybody who works in the jail system, first responders, they will all totally agree to what happens near full moon. So we're all in line here. This is not Cambria Davis trying to get you to believe in astrology. This is facts. So the moon's up there, it affects the water. We're made of water, the moon affects us, right? And if the moon is up there affecting us, what in the world makes us think that the rest does not? And anybody who also dives even in, into like more natural ways of healing, 
the sun is one of the greatest healers on the like for us on the planet, right? Mm. Being out and getting natural vitamin D can do wonders for our body. So I think it would be a little comical to be like the sun and the moon are so powerful, but nothing else matters. <laughs> nothing else. None of those big planetary bodies. But yes, to your point, when the moon is going through its phases and its cycles from a new to a full moon, we are feeling the effects. We move in cycles as human beings and the planet moves in cycles through seasons, right? And so we are meant to move through seasons. And it is said in the spiritual world and just period that men are governed by the sun and they rotate in a 24 hour period like the sun and women who have a period or have a moon cycle, have a menstrual cycle are governed by the moon, which is totally accurate and we regenerate every 29 and a half-ish days, right? So that, right off the bat, and then what was that book forever ago? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus, yeah. right? You ever remember hearing that, that book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never read that book because, you know, I'm a lesbian, so it's like, that doesn't super apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny about that is Mars is masculine and Venus is feminine, right? Yeah. So... So when you have clients coming in going through the same things, it could be what's the moon cycle? Is Mercury in a retrograde, right? What planet is in a retrograde? What planet is traveling through what sign? Because different the closer that they are to the Earth, the stronger the vibration, if you ask me. And big transits can affect everybody down here. You'll see mm. big things happen, you know, in a retrograde period. I know there's a lot of excitement on the internet and people talking about it on the socials like mercury in the microwave but mercury retrograde is a really powerful time if it's seen and used correctly so we all we're all being affected <laughs> whether we want to know it or not it's up to you but knowing those cycles especially somebody like you who's a healer and holds space for people is really potent because then you can be like hey this is a time of reflection or this is a time of action. This is a time of rest. This is a time of doing. So. Yes, perfect. And that's exactly, you know, where I've been trying to dive into a little bit here and there and in trusted sources of what is going on, because I can't deny that there are things going on. And even when I, before I was into any of this, I was a teacher to little kindergartners. And like you said, I know ER nurses, I know, like, we're all like, yeah, definitely a full moon is coming and we can feel it even before we look at our calendar or look in the sky, you know, something's up, right? And you were mentioning that there was something that we were going through right now. That's yeah, we, we just had a major, probably one of the largest transits of this decade and the next two decades, really, the planet Pluto, which is the furthest planet from us, just moved into the sign of Aquarius. And Pluto stays in each sign about 20-ish years. So the last time Pluto was Aquarius was during the French and American Revolution. So Pluto is the planet of death and transformation and the shadow, right? Pluto yeah. is the shadow planet and the things that are hidden from us are the things we don't want to look at, and it's death and rebirth and transformation. And Aquarius is rebellion and doing things differently. And Aquarius energy is all about the collective. 
Mm-hmm. That's going to b- blow apart Ben Brown's Fresh King Benjamin show, Vibing the Apocalypse, because I feel like we've been talking about like America needs to buckle up because it's about to get crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the French and American Revolution happened while Pluto was in Aquarius, right? Aquarius energy is about what serves humanity, not the individual. And so we're seeing that, right? And so this is a big move. People are going to start having conversations. People are going to start protesting. The people are going to say the way things have been going is not working. (laughs) So there will be rebellions because that is associated with, again, Aquarius, Aquarian energy is the rebellious ones. They are the ones that are like, this isn't working. So when the planet of death and transformation and shadow work and, (laughs) you know, going through the darkness moves into the sign of that, we will see changes and it will, you know, some people, when they write about it or post or hear that they're like, they get scared. Right. And it's not about being fearful. It's about understanding the deep rooted change it's kind of like everything needs to burn down yes. to be built in a better way, right? Or the tower card, as we call it in tarot. We're like, we're ready for some tarot energy to get us to the next. Totally. Well, and that's the thing, too. Even like, even in these terms, right? I mean, like I said, I have spoken to realtors and entrepreneurs and mortgage people about how to use astrology to improve their business. This is very unconventional. That's very different. Even for me, like I said, if 10 years ago, somebody would say, Cambria, you're going to go from preaching mindset and hustle and grind and commitment and discipline, only discipline to, hey, flow with the cycles and the seasons of your life, of the moon and the cosmos, and you will be just as successful, if not more, I would have laughed in their face. I'd have been like, what are you talking about? That is some woo-woo garbage. That is not true. You know? Yeah. I'm excited for all of it. Even if it does sound kind of like, well, we're going to have to really go through it first. I think it's like time. I'm super excited for that. Totally. So to give kind of a brief example, and I know that this isn't like doing a birth chart reading, which would be like totally in-depth, lots of information. But I was told that I, my sun sign is Pisces, my moon sign is Leo, and my rising sign is Libra. Cute. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, I'm the one who, if somebody says something like, that's so Leo of you, I'm like, okay, I guess. I don't know what that means. But so if you were to give me kind of a, a brief, like, what does that mean about me? Yeah. You said. So to your point, astrology is very complicated. Everybody has where every planetary system was when they were born. That's one thing. And then there are house systems of also what influenced your Pisces sun. And then there's what degrees was the sun in Pisces when you were born? Was it two or were you at 29 degrees? And then there's also how, where was the sun in aspect to the moon? And that all plays a part, right? So I don't want to discount any of that. Now, But there are archetypes, and I actually have an online course that I taught that I'll probably refresh in soon, because I'm like, if people want to know just like basic archetypes, because right now we're in Aquarius season, okay? So 
what is the basic archetype of Aquarius, then in that season, you know how to kind of align your life, your kids, your business with that energy. Mm-hmm. So your sun sign is your purpose, your Pisces, right? It makes total sense what you're doing. You are, if I were to like read your birth chart and you're like, well, I'm a secretary at a front desk of a law firm, nine to five, and I just don't talk to anybody and I just do this paperwork on the computer, I'd be like, are you dying inside? <laughs> I would. <laughs> you would be. Because you're Pisces, you are connected, you just live, you live in a different realm all the time right? It's Pisces struggle to like be here on this planet because it's the dolphin or some people say the fish, whatever, swimming to heaven, swimming to hell. So you know how to go to the highest highs of all levels of spirituality and you can travel realms and then you know how to go into the darkness, right? Pisces, it said, are, I think they're one of the most intelligent signs in the zodiac because you are the last sign of the zodiac, meaning you have a little bit of every other zodiac within you. So that can be a powerful thing. It can also be detrimental because then Pisces can often feel like they don't know who they are, Mm -hmm. right? Because they have a little bit of everybody in them. So around your fire friends, you're going to be fire energy. And around your water friends, you might be a little bit more emotional. So there's kind of this, it's mutable water. So there's a flow to Pisces, okay? So that's Pisces and then that's your sun and that's your purpose. Knowing what you do and knowing a little bit about your life. Makes perfect sense. Coco, no. That's my girlfriend's dog. My dogs are, for the most part, not barkers, but they're loud in the house. It kind of creates a real effect to what we're doing here. Like, like, listeners are just right here in with us. Yeah, you're just right here together. Okay, Leo Moon, your moon sign is your physical and emotional needs. It's really what you need, and it's who you are behind closed doors. So when people look at like the five love languages or if you're feeling down and your soul is not feeling full when it comes to your soul's essence and what you're needing, I would look to your moon sign more than your sun sign. The party. Leo is the party of the zodiac, the inner child of the zodiac. They are just looking for fun. They want to have fun. They want to play and they want to joke. Leos also are the kings and queens of the zodiac, so they want to be on the stage. That's, when that's the moon at home, you know, a lot of dance parties and a lot of music and a lot of fun with the kids and activities. And also like, hey, kids, Leos love attention. And that's not bad. Leos are very confident. People are drawn to their magnetic personality. And you can see that. The thing with Pisces, sun, is it such a mutable energy? I do see often Pisces sun's moons impact them in um, exterior places often a lot more too. I can tell They're not like, oh, I'm a Capricorn sun and this is how I am in life. And then I go home and I'm a different person. There's a lot of flow with Pisces, yeah? So Leo moon, that's like fun and playful and inner child and excitement. And also the leader, right? Leo is a lion. So leaders of the pack and wanting to be the lead, right? and needing that. So you need to have inner child, which is again, things mm-hmm. I know about you all in alignment, <laughs> right? That is definitely in alignment. Anybody who knows me would say that's spot on. And probably like love being with your kids and doing fun activities. And you said you taught kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just being around kids, Leo's, Leo's are kid, fun, playful energy. 
right? And loyal, loyal, loyal. So loyalty is really big for you. So in your interpersonal relationships, close friends, partnership, you know, if you're married, your spouse, whatever, loyalty is very important to a Leo. I have absolutely been told that. Actually, a psychic medium told me that. They were like, you are loyal almost to a fault. Yes. <laughs> like maybe you should be less loyal sometimes. And I'm like, yep. oh. Leos are known and Leo rules the heart, right? And so the heart just breaks. And so a Leo demands loyalty, but also lets people kind of get away with not being loyal, <laughs> speaking from personal experience. So that is part of it. But loyalty is really big and you need that. And again, you need the attention at home. This is when people think like, oh, needing attention is bad. No, it's not. Like you need to be seen at home for and with your closest friends and family for who you are and your gifts. It's very important to you. You actually need that. And so if, you, if you're not being recognized or, you know, at, given accolades and attention and praise, you actually are not living. It's not fulfilling your soul. That's real. Wow. I mean, I thought that would be a fun question to ask, but I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been more seen. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And your Libra rising. Libra is all about relationship to other, right? Balance. Balance and relationship. So that's do things feel fair? Do things feel balanced? Libras are one of the easiest signs, in my opinion, to get along with because they're always concerned about the other. So an easygoing, it is an air sign. It's a cardinal air sign, but Libra is the scales. Again, what makes things feel balanced? How can you show up and be a good partner, a good mom, a good business partner? Like Li Libras care about, there's my dog running through the kitchen. <laughs> Libras, <laughs> Libras care about the other, right? They rule, they rule relationships. So relationships yeah. are also very important to you. And I can, again, see that and feel that and know that based off of your practice. Cool. Also a phone call. You could put people on emergency bypass and they will never call you when you don't need <laughs> yep. This is real. It's life. So again, the Libra yeah. is like relationships are very important to you and having those important relationships and making feeling like they're balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Libras yep. can tend to be people pleasers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of work lately and using the word I can't more appropriately. Like just, yeah. I probably could, but for personal reasons or whatever, I can't. Like yeah. using that in my own like setting boundaries. So. I love that. So for Libra and Pisces, no is a complete sentence. Ah, wow. Yeah, I really do need to work on that. I have a very hard time not just like, I need to explain everything to you so you understand my goodness and that I'm not trying to hurt anyone and all the yep. things. And yeah, I'm learning how to let that go little yeah, by little. See, but what's cool about astrology is if we look at your chart, just the little bit that you told me, you're not going to ever be this like really hardcore, boundaried, distant, like no all the time person. That's just, it's actually not built into who you are. You're actually very loving, very caring. You're going to probably overdo it, over love, over show up and over care about people. But having an awareness about that, be like, I will do that 
So then just checking yourself, like, is this somebody that I want to overcare for? Because I tend to do that, you know? Astrology is not about becoming something we're not. That's what I tell people the most, right? Like, it's not about being like, oh, I'm a Libra rising, so I tend to be a pushover or a people pleaser, and so I don't want to do that. No, it's about knowing that that's kind of your default. And so just having awareness and being like, okay, it's okay if I people please my spouse and my kids, but I'm not going to people please the random person at the grocery <laughs> store who cut me in line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like yeah. Or even just having awareness if I do want to people please or if I'm drawn to please someone, am I also going to hold resentment? And if that's true, then maybe I want to rethink that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that is something definitely Pisces can deal with is, is that resentment piece because they'll be caught up in the moment with it yeah. and be like, yeah, this is great. And then after things settle, they might be like, wait, that's not actually what I really wanted to be doing. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. All cool. right. To finish up, instead of doing a question from a listener, which is what I sometimes do, place a little game with Zodiac signs. So I came up with a game where reaching out real people, we're going to play it with Disney princesses. These okay. are just archetypes, not real people. But if these people were a certain sign, what would they be? Maybe just for time, we'll just do a, a sun sign. I'll just choose one random zodiac sign. And Kim is going to tell us, like, what Disney princess might be this sign. We'll do a couple of these. Think about my Disney princesses here, you know? I know. I was going to ask you, like, have you caught up on all your Disney characters? Dis Disney princesses, Disney villains, or Disney heroes? Whichever you want to choose. And the one I've chosen first is Scorpio. Ooh, Scorpio. It's my husband's sun sign, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So I actually really, I feel personally like Scorpio and Leo have very similar energetics but they present opposite. So I think Scorpios are some of the most loyal out there. So I'm trying to think. Well, that's good to know for a husband. Yeah. And with Leo Moon, this really works very well for you, right? I don't know what moon sign is, but Scorpio. But the Scorpios are the people you never want to cross. You never want to lie to a Scorpio. It will take you eight years to gain their trust to begin with. You lie to a Scorpio one time, dead. Stinger, kill. I'm trying to think what mm. Disney character would be, because I feel like Disney, a lot of people are very forgiving in Disney. Yeah. My first thought was maybe the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, totally. Because he's super not trusting, and he's kind of like really distant. And um, the wild to warm up to. Yes. Oh, Totally. But then, then once she gains his trust and they show love for each other, then he's just like uber, uber all over her, lovey-dovey. Yeah, okay. Thanks yeah. for the pass right there. Good job, Courtney. Well, thank you. Yeah, when you described it to me that way, then I was like, okay, maybe I can see who this would be. I happen to win at all the Disney trivia things. I love going to Disney, but my kids are older now, you know, so I don't watch as yeah. much Disney. But yeah, no, I think the Beast is totally Scorpio. Scorpios are said that if they were to like drive by in their car and they were to like say it, you were to just wave to them, they'd come by, they'd have got their limo tint and then you wave at them and then they barely roll their window down a quarter inch, right? And you're like, oh, they're going to talk to me. Great. That's nice. And then they still have massive sunglasses on, yep. right? <laughs> so it's layered. And then it's like, okay, I'll roll down and 
that yes, that's what it is, right? So Scorpios okay. have a bad rap. People are like, they're the serial killers. I'm like, no, they're actually not. They will sit back at a party. They're the observers. They're the everyone before anyone's them. But once they really believe you and trust in you, they're some of the most loyal people on the planet. Awesome. Okay, what about Virgo? Okay, so Mary Poppins. That's my uh, favorite. Is she That Disney? is Disney, yeah. Okay, cool. So Mary Poppins is the queen of Virgo. That's actually the archetype I love to describe Virgo with. She comes in and she's got her processes and her step-by-step and she's like, this is how we're going to take this chaos and make it beautiful and clean. And so she comes in and she just, you know, strikes order to it all. Because the mythology in, in astrology is that Leo is the height of summer and it's the party. It's the sun at its peak and there's just party and Leos. We're just having a great time. And then Virgo has to come in and stop the party and be like, we have to get back to business. We cannot just party all of life. Nothing will get done. And that's Virgo. She comes in and she's like, nope, clean up the party. We got to go back to school, right? <laughs> Virgo season is when all the kids stop hanging out in the summer and they get back into a routine and go to school. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. That really actually kind of helps me with the timeline of that because I can't just pick out a time of the year and be like, I know what's, which season we're in. But that actually helps. That's really cool. Yeah. And how cool that we're doing Disney characters and Virgo comes up. Mary yeah. Poppins. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Well, we'll do one more real quick one. Cool. And let's do Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Who's like a traveling princess that goes to many places? Um, like very concerned with her freedom. Merida from Brave. That's kind of who I thought. I was like, who's the big redheaded one? Yeah, yes. I, she doesn't do like a lot of traveling, but she always wants to get out. She's always like on her horse out there. Freedom, you're never going to tie a Sagittarius down. So Merida is totally Sagittarius. She wants to be free. She wants to live out there and she wants to explore other things. So Sagittarians love to learn about other philosophies of life, other religions, other people, other ways of doing things. But they don't like to learn through books. They like to learn through lived experience. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. That was super fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's great. That's a great challenge. Thanks. Got to work on my Finish up. I just want to live and give you an opportunity to shout out any of those um, social medias. Like, how can people find you? At K-A-Y-A, community with a K, or at Cambria, K-A-M-B-R-I-A-12 on Instagram. That's where I'm most there. You can also go to kayacommunity.com and sign up for our newsletter and all events get posted there. So yeah, we try to stay really interactive with people. But yeah, Instagram for Kaya or Cambria is probably the most that I use right now. Eventually I'll get to some other stuff or the website to leave your email because we all know with social, the algorithms, you don't always see everything. But if you get on our email list, then everything that we do, their next upcoming event is most likely a pop, a crystal pop-up shop again on February 11th, right before Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I don't know if we'll be able to include that because it might air after that. Yeah, I have a tablet to do that. But yeah, so kayacommunity.com is probably one of the easiest ways and get your email on there so we can keep you updated on events. 
Yeah. And on your website is where people can get in touch with you to schedule like birth chart. On Instagram, there's just like a link tree with all the services, private sound bath. If they want to do a birth chart reading, right, I can mix in some of those. Some people, I did like a little private group birth chart reading and a private sound bath for somebody for, they bought that for their friends for Christmas. And that was super fun. And I love sound baths. I'm not a sound healer. I do drumming, but I don't do sound healing. And I love a good sound bath. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Awesome. And that's a really cool way. I mean, obviously individual, but then sitting around with some of your closest friends and hear like what I just said to you real briefly, learning that about three or four of your most important people in your life can make a really big difference in improving relationships. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad that we got a chance to have this chat. And as always, you guys can get a hold of me on my Instagram at prism underscore healing and Facebook. I am Courtney Pearl or my website, which is prism-healing.com. And I would love for my listeners to reach out yeah. to me and private message me any questions that you might have about anything magic or healing or energy related so that we can feature them on future episodes. And I would like to thank uh, Just Blaine at Ride the Wave Media and Bex, Daybreak Treasures Boutique for featuring me as an artist and sponsoring my events. And uh, go do some magic in the world. We'll see you next time.